are listening to a sermon from Sojourn Church in Fairfax, Virginia. We hope that this is an encouragement to you no matter where you find yourself on your spiritual journey. If you're not already, we would encourage you to connect to your local church. If you'd like to find out more about Sojourn in particular, please visit our website at sojournfairfax.com. May God bless you now as you listen to the preaching of his word. Hey there, Sojourn Church. And anybody who's joining in as a guest or a visitor, my name is Mark Mullery, and it's my privilege to bring God's Word to you today. I'm standing here in an empty auditorium recording this for you because these are really weird times, aren't they? I, I wish I could be with you over at Frost Middle School, but the reality is this coronavirus pandemic has actually turned our world upside down, and all kinds of crazy things we could never have imagined a few months ago have become normal routines for us. I'm speaking to you today as part of your Life Along the Way series, and the topic for today's message is fear. I want you to know that I am qualified to speak to you about this topic because I come from a long line of professional worriers. No one had to teach me how to be anxious. I didn't need any tutors to help me grow in the ways of fear. It all came pretty naturally to me, and I'm somewhat comforted in knowing that I'm not alone by any means in this. There are lots of other fearful worriers out there. And I recently uh, noted that the Census Bureau has found that fully one-third of Americans today are showing signs of anxiety or depression or both. And anxiety and depression are companions of, of fear. These things travel together. And I wonder, as we're sort of gathering electronically here, I wonder about you. How are you doing? Are you experiencing just feelings of kind of being down, hopelessness? Are you worried about the future? Is there a sense of uncertainty uh, that, that's gripped you and, and is, is affecting you? Maybe you're wondering about what's going to happen with reopening or what's next with school or your job or friendships or the kids or any of a multitude of other questions. I imagine plenty of us are longing for a miracle fix, for an immediate uh, discovery of a vaccine so that we can kind of get back to normal. But when that doesn't happen, how do we find ourselves affected? Often we can find ourselves angry, irritated, fretful, anxious, and looking ahead with fear. And this is a wonderful time to remember that there's more going on here than just us and a virus. There's a great God, and he has put us here for a time such as this. These days provide an opportunity to turn from fear to love, to glorify God by turning away from fear and trusting him in him instead. And that frees us then to be able to strengthen one another and reach out in love to people wherever possible. Now, how can we do this? Well, that's the that's the subject for the, for the message today, and we're turning to one verse, Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. This verse is a gift. Memorize this verse. Chew on this verse. Eat this verse. Work this into your soul and into your life. This is a, a verse with nuclear power to shift fear into trust. I normally don't preach from single verses, but as you read through the Bible, there are certain verses that just call out, preach me, and this is one of those verses. And I, as I get started talking about fear, I want to credit uh, author Ed Welch and his book, Running Scared, uh, which I have found very helpful, and some of his ideas uh, flavor the, the, the message here. 
So I commend that book to you. I'm going to read the first 10 verses of Isaiah 41 because I want you to be able to get a sense of the neighborhood in which verse 10 lives, but we're going to really focus on verse 10. As I read these verses, I want you to have a question in mind. Keep this question in mind as I read through for you. The question is this, who is in charge? Who's in charge of world events? Who's in charge of the destiny of the nations? Who's in charge of individuals and empires and viruses? Who calls these things to do his will? That's the question. Just hang on to that. I'm going to read Isaiah 41 now, verses 1 to 10. If you've got a Bible nearby, please open up and take a look with me. Isaiah 41. Listen to me in silence, O coastlands. Let the people renew their strength. Let them approach, then let them speak. Let us draw, excuse me, let us together draw near for judgment. Who stirred up one from the east whom victory meets at every step? He gives up nations before him so that he tramples kings underfoot. He makes them like dust with his sword, like driven stubble with his bow. He pursues them and passes on safely by paths his feet have not trod. Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first and with the last, I am he. The coastlands have seen and are afraid. The ends of the earth tremble and have drawn near and come. Everyone helps his neighbor and says to his brother, be strong. The craftsman strengthens the goldsmith and he who smooths with the hammer, him who strikes the anvil, the saying of the solder, oh, it's good. And they strengthen it with nails so that it cannot be moved. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corners, saying to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will help you, I will strengthen you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Let me read that last verse once more. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Let's pray. Oh God, you have given us these words for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of these scriptures, we might have hope. And I pray for the saints. I pray for Sojourn Church that these words would provide endurance and these words would provide encouragement and these words would provide hope in the midst of a dark time. I pray for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So let's think about fear for uh, just a moment. Where is fear maybe getting a foothold in your heart during these days? You know, I think we've seen evidences of fear, haven't we? Runs on the uh, store for hand sanitizer or toilet paper. Um, fear can grip people quickly, can it? Looking ahead, there's lots to be uncertain about, isn't there? And uncertainty often leads to fear. We're just in this stage of reopening. What is that going to look like? How's it going to work when people start to 
get closer to each other again? What's going to happen to the, the curve? Is it going to go uh, up again? What's going to happen with your income, with school? What's going to happen with travel? What happens if you get sick? What happens if loved ones get sick? There's this invisible virus and it's scary, isn't it? With a hurricane, at least you know it's coming. But with this virus, you have no idea where it is. You don't even know if you have it or not. And these uncertainties, they can often lead us to fear. And when you find yourself in that place, I just want to ask you, what do you do when you find yourself anxious, fretful, fearful? How do you cope with that? You know, fear often runs in the background of our lives. And fear is a powerful force. It greatly affects our emotions, our decisions, the course of our lives. Now, many of us find we have sort of a default response to fear, and that is we kind of ignore it. We just push it away. We try to pretend like it's not there. We make it stop. Just press on. But the reality is if you try to deal with fear that way, most of the time that's not an effective way to handle it. Fear doesn't leave that easily. If you're going to effectively dispel or, or, or rid yourself of fear, it has to be replaced by something more powerful. To beat fear, we need to do something unexpected, counterintuitive. To beat fear, you know what the first thing is we need to do? We need to slow down, we need to quiet down, and we need to listen. Listen to what? We need to learn to listen to our fears. Let me say that again. If you're going to beat fear, the first step is to slow down and actually Listen to your fears. You need to know what fear is saying to you. Let's just pause here. What are you afraid of right now? Where are you finding anxiety in your heart? What are just one, two, or three things? Maybe just jot those down. Make a note of those things. See, here's what happens. If we learn to listen to our fears well and then listen to God, we'll be able to learn to more quickly turn away from fear and turn to God. And the result will be wonderful because the result is then we'll be able to experience peace and we'll be empowered to look around and see who around us we can love and serve. So I'm going to make just two simple points in this message. First, listen to fear. It's the first point, very simple. Listen to fear. Now, fear is speaking to us. If you stop and listen to your fears, you're going to find a couple of themes. One is this, fear says you're in danger right? Fear says you're in danger. Regardless of where you live in the world, the reality is you are in danger. You live in a dangerous place. There are all these forces around us that we cannot control. Now we're aware of invisible germs on doorknobs or people sneezing droplets in in the air. I spent almost 30 years living in California and I managed to locate myself in all the big earthquakes from the north to the south. I managed to be in the right spot or the wrong spot at the right time. And I got so anxious after these very large and and scary earthquakes that sometimes at night when a truck would go by our house and and rumble the house a little bit, I'd be jumping out of bed, doing the earthquake shuffle, trying to do whatever I was going to do to stay safe in the midst of an earthquake. That fear had gotten a hold of me. The Bible tells us that we live in a dangerous place. The world is a dangerous place. The world is a place where things have gone wrong. They're not the way they're supposed to be. It's a paradise turned into a world reeling with the effects of human sin. Now, the incarnation, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, is about God 
looking at this dangerous world and saying, I'm going to come and join it with a redemptive purpose. More on that later. But fear says you're in danger. And then fear says bad things are going to happen. And there are legitimate dangers in our world, aren't there? There are reasons to have a fight or flight response for sure. But if we listen to our fears, we find the real struggle isn't in the present, it's in the future. What are you afraid of? Germs? Elevators? Airplanes? Spiders? Identity theft? Uh, reopening? What, what is it that's got you right now? If you slow down and really listen, I think what you'll find is it's not what's happening in this moment that's so scary as much as what hasn't happened yet. What's still out there? Fear comes and it talks to us about the future. And the outlook, the forecast is grim. I'm going to get sick and I won't be able to get a test and I'll lose my job and I'll lose my insurance and off it goes. Here I am preaching a message about fear. A couple days ago, I was fearful about not being ready to do a good job to preach this message about fear. These things grip us, but it, it, was, it was Tuesday that I was fearful for preparing something that needed to be done on Friday. It's that future projection that gets us. Fear is future-based. Fear, Ed Welch says, turns us into false prophets. Constantly speaking about the future. Fear speaks to us about the future, but you know what? That future is, is void of a good and powerful and saving God. There's no God like that out there in the prophecies that fear speaks to us. Listen carefully to your fears and you'll find them steadily speaking to you about the future and the message is unchanging. Bad things are coming your way and you're on your own. You're going to have to face them on your own and you don't have the resources for it. You're not going to make it. Fear prophesies to us this future where we're left on our own. So we resort to self-sufficiency. We are pushed into self-reliance. We grab control of as much as possible and we find ourselves in the store scooping up toilet paper or something else. Brothers and sisters, there is no God in the false prophecies fear spews out. It's a Christless future. It's a false prophecy. Fear never says something like, hey, you know what? You're going to get COVID-19 and through that, you're going to experience God's nearness and provision and power in, and grace in ways that you could never have imagined and later will say you wouldn't trade in for anything. Fear never tells us that kind of message. And that's why we must transition from listening to our fears to listening to God so that we can find rest from our fears and become a people of hope in God. And so that's point number two. Point number two is listen to God. And that's really a message for the whole world right now, isn't it? God is, God is humbling the world. We have a world that looks to technology and science and governments to solve our problems. And the fact is nobody can stop this virus. What then? What are you left with when everything you've looked to isn't coming through for you? No wonder people are angry. No wonder people are despairing. No wonder people are fearful and anxious. And this is our great opportunity. The gospel is the good news of a good God who is in control and present right here with us. 
All who turn from self-sufficiency to trust in him find his help right here and now. And that's exactly what Isaiah 41, 10 says. Fear not, for I am with you. Here's a tense of that verb. There are two present tense verbs here. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Where is God in the midst of these things? He's right here with us. He's right here with us. I am with you. Now, if this God is here on the scene, present and with you, what should you expect? We need to know something about this God. We need to know who this God is. And that's why I wanted to read the rest of the passage. The first nine verses set up for us the, the, the hope that comes to us in verse 10. Did you catch what's happening in these verses? This is a prophecy that Isaiah recorded in the 8th century. It was 150 years before this would come to pass. And what he was saying was he was speaking to Israel when they were in exile in Babylon, 150 years after he, he recorded this. And when Israel was in exile in Babylon, they were under the grip of a superpower, but that superpower was about to be conquered by a more super superpower. And, and Cyrus and the, the media Persian Empire were, were, were going to be the next world rulers. So this is, this is about Cyrus rolling through the nations. He's, he's scattering them like, like dust. He doesn't even need a highway or a road. He's so powerful. So if you're in Babylon and you're a, 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 an Israelite uh, exile there, you've got nothing going for you. And you, you're, you're, you're aware that this great power is coming like a steamroller. And you think we're going to get squished and it's all going to be over. We're going to be flattened and there's going to be nothing left. People are terrified. Where? is hope in the midst of this. And this is where God speaks to them. And he says, listen, I stirred this one up. I am the first. And long after he's gone, I'm still going to be there. All these things originate with God's plan and sovereign power in heaven. This God is so in control. He can tell you what's going to happen 150 years before it, it occurs, even giving the name Cyrus in chapter 44 of this book. This same God is saying to them, I am with you. And so when we turn and listen to God, what do we hear him saying? A couple things. He says, turn to me now. Turn to me now. And he says, I am present here with you. These people are vulnerable and scared. Do you feel vulnerable? You feel scared anxious, isolated, lacking in resources. I love what God says here. He doesn't offer sort of shallow platitudes. Hey, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. You're going to beat this thing. Just believe in yourself. No, he doesn't say stuff like that. Listen, coronavirus gives you a good reason to be afraid. A lot of reasons to be afraid. But there's one better reason not to be afraid. And that is this, Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ says, I am with you. I am your God. These guys are out here trying to make idols, gold and soldering and nails, and they're going to they're going to make an idol that's going to stop Cyrus? No way. But how about the God 
who gives breath to Cyrus. That's the God you want on your side. That's the God you want with you. He is there, present on the scene. He is here, present on the scene. In Christ, God literally came to be with us and he kept saying, fear not. Do you know the most common command from God in the whole Bible? It's fear not. Why? Because fear is so pervasive and Christ comes to be with us. And then he leaves saying, I will be with you always by the power of his spirit. Now, what difference does that make if that God is on the scene? Well, again, it all depends on who he is, right? Having someone with you won't help you unless that someone with you is both willing and able to help. Let me give you an example. If I drop in tomorrow over at the National Institutes of Health and say, look, fear not, I'm here. We're going to solve this vaccine thing. I think we're going to do it today or maybe this week. Got it covered. I might be willing but I'm not able, I can't devise a vaccine. I don't have the power and the ability to do that. You need someone who's both willing and able to save, to help, to rescue, to strengthen, and to uphold you. And our God is that God. When the one who rises from the dead says, I will be with you always, well, there's comfort in that. That's willing and able to help. And so you say in the midst of these things, you turn to God. When you find yourself growing in fear, being overcome by anxiety, stewing on these things, you wake up in the middle of the night, you're driving around, your teeth are clenched, you you find your stomach churning, you find yourself snapping at the kids or your spouse or or, or someone close to you. When, When those things are going on inside you, that's when you need to listen to those fears And then, having heard them, you need to turn to God and say, God, this is scary. I'm afraid. But when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. And I will turn to you. And I will hold fast to you because you've promised to hold fast to me. I may be one of those at-risk people. If I get the virus, my income may be uncertain. I may not know how this is all going to work out. I may not know what reopening is going to look like. I don't know how we're going to live with the kids at home for another couple of months without much social interaction. But I have you and you have me and I can rest in that. We, We turn to him. We turn to him now. Part of overcoming fear is recognizing when it's working inside you and more quickly each time turning to the Lord with trust and faith. God says, turn to me now. And he says, trust me for tomorrow. Remember that future part of fear? We need to bring that part under God's fatherly care and power. So this wonderful verse starts with two I am's and then it ends with three I wills. And I love that it moves from present to future. Listen to the I wills of this wonderful promise. I will strengthen you. You need strength today? You feel weak? I will help you. Not sure what to do? Lacking in resources? I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. His saving power pictured in his right hand. Here's a true prophecy. This is your future in Christ. This is the one who's waiting for you tomorrow 
next month, waiting for you when you're diagnosed with a positive test, waiting for you if your contract isn't renewed, waiting for you no matter what happens. Our fears never tell us that this moment is an opportunity to turn to God and see his saving power, but God does. God's word tells us this. I love the way Alec Matir, an Old Testament scholar, translates the end of this verse. He, he says, instead of, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, which I'm reading in the ESV, he, he translates it, I will grip you with the right hand of my righteousness. I will grip you with the right hand of my righteousness. Here, God's righteousness means his saving action. Think about how God grips his people with, their saving, with his saving action. Israel, slaves in Egypt, there's no way they're ever going to get out of Egypt. And in, God says, speaking of those days later in Jeremiah, he says, I took you by the hand and led you out of Egypt. There's that grip of his saving right hand, the right hand of righteousness. He brought them out of Egypt by his hand. He took them by their hand. What are they going to do when Pharaoh comes after them with his whole army and they're backed up against the Red Sea? They have no resources to save themselves, but he will help them. He will strengthen them. He will uphold them and he will by his right hand save them and bring them through the sea and they will see Pharaoh's army destroyed. What will happen out in the desert when there's no bread? His right hand, his wonderful saving power will provide manna. No water, water from a rock. I will grip you with the right hand of my righteousness. And then, you know, one day, God, the incarnate Son, Jesus Christ, stretches out that righteous right hand to be nailed on a cross so that we could be cleansed from our unbelief and our unrighteousness. And that righteous right hand with the nail scars still in it is here to strengthen you now. Won't you come? Trade in your anxiety and your fear for trust and peace and rest. Do you know this saving God? I urge you, turn from whatever you trust in, whatever you hope in, whatever you're looking for significance and, and security in, turn from those things and put your faith and trust holy and permanently and forever in Jesus Christ. Come to him for rescue, deliverance, washing, cleansing, and peace. If you're in Christ, what's the worst thing that tomorrow holds for you? What's the worst possible outcome of tomorrow? Well, maybe things go really, really bad and you die. And then what? You wake up in the Father's house to be with him forever. And that's not so bad, is it? You know, when you live this way, when you learn to turn to God, 
Trust him now. and Trust him for tomorrow. When you live this way, you know what happens? You're freed up from being consumed with yourself and turning in on yourself to be able to turn out to others. And you begin to wake up and look around and see there are people around you. People in need, people who are anxious, people who are fearful, people who are vulnerable, people that God has brought into your life so that you can be a servant to them. And when you learn to turn away from fear, one of the wonderful things that it does is it frees you to be able to turn to others and bring the love of Christ to them. You know, this virus, it's really dangerous. But there's a greater danger that comes from fear. The lies that fear speaks to you are far more deadly than anything this virus can ever do. You're in danger, true, but if you're in Christ, you're not alone and you'll never be alone. Trouble may come, but God will be there waiting for you when it happens. God is in charge. God is with you and he will strengthen you. He will help you. He will keep you in the grip of that righteous right hand. Count on that. Live on that. Hope in that. Proclaim that. Teach that to your kids. Encourage your spouse in that. Encourage the people around you with these things. I want to encourage you. Go to town on this verse. Get everything you can. Wring every ounce of life out of it that you, you can squeeze from it. This week, I want to really encourage you, learn to slow down. Don't just brush away and ignore the, that anxiety and that fear. Slow down and listen to it. It's telling you some important things. What's it telling you? What's it telling you about tomorrow? What's it telling you about the danger that you're in? And having listened, then turn to God. Trust him now and entrust to him your tomorrow. Expect him to be there with you tomorrow. If you can live that way, you'll find yourself living in joy and peace no matter what the circumstances and freed up to be able to love and serve other people. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will keep you in the grip of the right hand of my righteousness. Let's pray. O oh God, our Father, we thank you for the mighty power of your word. Thank you for this one magnificent verse. And I pray for my friends at Sojourn Church. Pray for all who might hear this recording. I pray that you would teach each one to listen to their fears and then turn and listen to you and find rest and peace and hope in knowing that you are with them, their future is secure, and with that in mind, they can risk and love and serve and fear not, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this sermon from Sojourn Fairfax. If you have any questions, please feel free to email us at info at sojournfairfax.com. Go in peace.